Scotty's brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice.com. We didn't do it yesterday. Schedule didn't permit, so let's get into it. Woohoo! Well, catch up edition of uh, Social Studies with Sarah Cazell. I'll That's take right. the mustard. Thank ah, you very much. I knew it. I told I'm going to roll today. I love mustard. It. Oh, you're going to roll just like mustard. Mustard. <laughs> hey, oh, I tell you. Mustard superior to ketchup. No doubt about it. What? Yeah. Like straight yellow mustard or a specific oh, yeah. kind? No, of straight yellow. I, uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, the poupon. I'm not. No? Spicy mustard, you can have that. I'm just going to take the straight yellow. Vince, I didn't honey know you mustard. were so fancy. How about honey mustard? How about yes. not? <laughs> How about you can have that? You can have no, mustard. No, no, I hate, Jared hates mustard. I'm not a mustard guy at all. No mustard, no mayonnaise. Wow, I'm so glad Which we covered so this. Weird because it's funny, you, you quite the hot, hot dog. dog. Yeah. Oh, hey! All right. Wow, 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 Your fire wow, is rubbing wow, wow. on yeah. All right, go ahead, Sarah. All right, as Vince Morata mentioned, we did not get to our edition of Social Studies yesterday, so we're going to start off by actually recycling a question that was posted yesterday, and we never got to it, uh, but refreshed because there's another reported Cardinals hire this morning from Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. He says that Florida Gators D.C. Patrick Tony will be joining the Cardinals as a defensive assistant. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has reported that, but Bruce Feldman has it. Uh, Tony is 32 years old on, as we've already established, a very young staff so far. What are your guys' general thoughts on the Cardinals staff to this point? I wonder which is going to be the, the designated staff member who has to go in and buy beer for everybody else because they're not old enough. <laughs> Who's going to have to nah, teach Jonathan Gannon uh, about TikTok? Look, I mean... Is it is it risky? Do we see other teams do this? No, I mean, this is kind of out-of-the-box thinking again for the Cardinals. You know, I want to see how it works out, but it's hard at this point not to be caught up in the exuberance of, of all of this. It's, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think this is, you know, th- this level of excitement is what this franchise needed after coming off mm-hmm. a, a, a terrible, dysfunctional now, season. Listen, everything Jonathan Gannon is doing is exactly what the Cardinals needed. The From hyping up Kyler Murray to hyping up the job to, to being nonstop energy to being pew, all confident, <laughs> all that stuff, right? Uh, it's it's exactly what they need, and I'm glad that he's having the effect that he is because that means he's skilled in the areas that Cliff Kingsbury either was not or refused to indulge. So, (laughs) guys look at him like, what? Shots, man. Shots downfield. I love it. I love it so much. We need his Rick Neuheisel. Yeah. Everybody. (laughs) Tremendous. All right, let's get some of our listener responses. What do they think about the Cardinals? current coaching staff. Chris in Phoenix says he's glad that the previous regime is gone, but I fear the Cardinals will be the Nathaniel Hackett 2.0s. Oh, no. Shot, 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 shot. shot. Everybody! <laughs> Love you, Rick Neuheisel. Yes. He is the best. He is absolutely the best. Uh, back to Chris in Phoenix. He says, first-time GM, first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator, first-time defensive coordinator, Michael Bidwill is still overseeing a management team that he spent the least amount of money on to acquire, which is the assumption that we are making. Jildo Shenanigan says, I've got a birthday coming up. I didn't think I could feel more old until I saw the ages of the Cardinals coaching staff. I'm just going to crawl under my desk if my decrepit knees will allow me to. 
I will curl into a ball if my back can handle it. So Jilda was really handling this well. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Paul, I'm very optimistic and excited. Add an experienced coach as a senior advisor to balance it all out. Uh... And then the real Brad Stallings says we either have the youngest, most exciting staff in the NFL or we'll be right back in the same position in three to four years. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go back two years in time, there was probably a lot of people in the city of brotherly love that were saying the same thing about the Eagle staff. Yeah. Worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I, I told a story earlier in the day about a manager in Chicago who took over and he had a lot of this new age stuff. And people are like, wow, this guy, wow, this guy, what, what if this guy, uh, this guy's going to be unbelievable? Within a year and a half, he w- went to change pitchers and he signaled for relief from the bullpen. And alas, there was not a soul warming up in the bullpen. Oh. So, my, so my point is a lot of this stuff sounds great now. Yeah. Just keep, just asterisk it if you don't mind, everybody. Absolutely. Okay. Got it. Have some results behind it, but again, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm. He's hitting all the right notes. Yep, so far so good. All right, let's get to the Phoenix Suns. Um, we are hoping that we're going to see Kevin Durant make his debut in the purple and the orange on Friday night. We don't know for sure, but Actually, I think if that's it's Friday, it would be the turquoise. Oh, yes. is that yes. per- ah, perfect? I love those. Yeah. I know not. I know they're not popular across the board, but I think they're great. Uh, what is your biggest concern going forward about the Suns, who have 22 regular season games? left with this new look roster. What is your biggest concern going forward? Is it the Suns' health, the Suns' chemistry, the Suns' depth, or the Suns' competition, how good they are? To me, it's health. It's Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, Devin Booker's had issues this year. Chris Paul's had issues a couple years running. Kevin Durant's had issues. I'm, I just want them to get a couple, three months of good health. Of that's, those choices, that's what I would pick as well. You know, I, I did cite con- concerns with chemistry, but, you know, those get alleviated when you start to really think about it. And you're mm-hmm. plopping in one of the ultimate professionals, just a, 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 a serious hooper in Kevin Durant to a group of serious hoopers. He's already worked with, with Devin Booker and, you know, on, on the Olympic scale. So there, there's that. Health is it. Uh, but, it, you know, of a, a choice that wasn't offered, and I'll take a, a page out of Bix book from earlier in the show. My biggest concern is securing all the convertibles that are going to be needed for the parade. In oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think you can ask Booker about that one. Yeah, he's got a garage. He's got a, he he's got a just with his collection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daylight Films said health is key, especially as it relates to depth. You can't change the competition. You have to beat who's put in front of you. The chemistry will work itself out. So he said health is key. That's what 78% of our voters said as well. 11% are most concerned about the sun's chemistry. 10% are most concerned about their depth. Only 2% are most concerned about the teams they will need to beat on the way. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And then finally, uh, we're asking for your all-time favorite clean joke because Jarrett made that cake joke earlier, I think at the start of the show, but the bee cake, I don't know. I don't know why it happened, but it did. So we're asking for your best, your favorite. It was clean. (laughs) Was it funny, TBD? What is the best clean joke you know? What? Um, let's see if I get this right. Why did the grain farmer start listening to punk rock? What? Why did the grain farmer <laughs> start listening to punk rock? Yes. Because he was tired of hauling oats. Oh! Okay! <laughs> there you go. 
How could anybody get tired of Hall and Oates? A roll today, baby. There's a, there's a lot of uh, ones Golly in that vein. Golly I'm hot today. <laughs> That's a peach, Mr. Havercamp, your ball's over here, Mr. Havercamp. <laughs> What about you, That's man? a peach, hon. I don't really have one. I, I remember. I don't know why I remember this. I was, a, I was a small child still living in New York, so I was probably six or seven years old, and I had a book of just dumb jokes. And it was a knock-knock joke that made me laugh for hours on end, and it's so stupid. Knock-knock. Who's there? Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed at that joke for like a, That's a, a good day. One. That book of stupid jokes was the author Jay Carlin by what? any chance? All right, let's get to some of our listener responses. Best clean joke, Lawrence McNamara. I made a playlist for hiking. It has music from Peanuts, The Cranberries, and Eminem. I call it my trail mix. Oh! <laughs> this one from Andy Greenberg. You guys know Andy Greenberg. I love that one. That's a really good one. What do you call a sleepwalking nun? What do you call a sleepwalking nun? A Roman Catholic. Oh, that's good. She's Roman. <laughs> this is good. This is, somebody pointed out, this is right up Cheese Doodle Dad's alley. Oh, oh yeah. Cheese Doodle Dad has some great ones. He's right. the greatest. You know, not every dumb dad jokes. Not everyone thinks Cleopatra is beautiful, but that's how Julius Caesar. Oh, that's good, too. Okay, we've got another name pun here from Buck. <laughs> I think this is my Julius favorite Julius Caesar. What did Mike Tyson say to Chris Hemsworth after a hard workout? What's that? I bet you'll be Thor tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Buck, you win! You win! That was so funny. No, this is my favorite from Cheese Doodle Dad. I have an irrational fear of giants. Yeah, I have... Fee-fi-phobia. <laughs> oh, that's good, too. Okay, how about this one? Fee-fi-phobia. From Salvador Jimenez. What did the green grape say to the purple grape? What did the green grape say, say to, to the, the purple, purple grape? grape? Breathe, you idiot! <laughs> 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 it's so bad, it's good! So stupid. <laughs> I love it. Thank Don't you, Salvador. bad jokes are the best. This is why I am a proponent of the dirtier the joke, the better. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Thanks to everybody who shared their own versions of humor with us today on uh, social studies. Epically underscore Murata on Twitter is where that all happens and you can participate. Coming up next, yeah, we talked about it in social studies. They're talking about it around the league. The youth of the Arizona Cardinals coaching staff. What to make of it? It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The local sports leader. You know, you know. Speaking of, of Cliff Kingsbury, I remember when he took over at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, he he assembled one of the youngest coaching staff I, I think I'd ever seen. Uh, you know, guys that were you know in their twenties that had played at Texas Tech with him, and it didn't work out that well. I know this is college. We're talking about the NFL. It didn't work out that well initially, and I think he learned. You know, he needed some more veteran presence to balance that out. Um, but, you know, when you're trying to relate to players, you know, sometimes if you're younger, uh, that can make it a little bit easier uh, if you have some younger coaches on your staff. But, you know, like, listen, you can win with an older coaching staff. You can win with a younger coaching staff. It just ultimately what matters is, uh, you know, the chemistry and, and the acumen and the ability to, to, to win. And you, you can do it a lot of different ways. Um, you know, the jury's going to be out for sure because it is an unproven staff. But, 
Uh, we've seen a lot of proven staffs, proven head coaches in the NFL not do so well uh, when they've gotten another chance. It's Jake Trotter, who covers the Cleveland Browns for ESPN. He was on with Wolf and Luke yesterday. His thoughts on the young coaching staff. This is the new theme song for the Cardinals, by the way. We Are Young by Fun. Um, it, I, I had almost post-traumatic flashbacks as we came into this segment with this song bouncing the way it did and with the cut. I thought he was about to go into a parody song. <laughs> I literally did. I, I was, my I'm skin sorry. was, it was starting to sc- crawl a little bit. I'm like, uh. I'm sorry I did that to I you. I thought it was about to go right into just Jared off key. Sm- <laughs> What is Ferret's Greatest Hits going to get published? I have a parody to that song. I just got to oh, remember no. what it was. Did anyone ask? Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> so, kind of. So, Jarrett, Madcap Moss. No, I, well, <laughs> I have the, the, the other joke on cue, too, to tell whenever you want. But All right, I'll save it for the end. No, I'll save it no, for the end. If it means you're not playing your song parody, please tell the joke. No? I... I don't want to waste any more time. So a guy... Um, but you've already wasted so much time. The um, So an, an older gentleman is having memory problems. So he goes to his friend, another older guy, and goes, uh, Hey, uh, buddy, what's the name of that memory medicine that you use? And the friend is goes, um, It's... Uh, what is... Uh, what's the name of that, that flower, that, that really pretty flower? And the guy goes, Oh, uh, Tulip? And he goes, no, no, not tulip. It's uh, it's multiple colors. You could buy it in the store. You could buy it in the thing. He goes, oh, carnation. Is it carnation? And he goes, no, it's not carnation. It's, uh, it's like the romantic one that you give. I was like, oh, oh, rose. And he goes, yes, that's it, rose. Hey, Rose, what's the name of that medicine that I take? It's <laughs> <laughs> bad. Wow. These were the great jokes. Jerry, did you ever hear about the skeleton that walked into a bar and ordered a beer? Yeah. And a mop? <laughs> that's Al Pacino's favorite joke. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That's right. I've heard Johnny Depp say that. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> orders a beer. Can I get a beer I and a am- mop? I don't have any ammo for this discussion at all. That's right. <laughs> young Cardinals coaching staff. Yeah. Wow. Hey, young Cardinals yes. coaching staff. Um, look, we're going to learn more about these two guys at the coordinator. It's not just them, though. 32-year-old year, uh, coach joining the staff from Florida today. Uh, Clayton Adams is on this staff as the offensive line coach, so I don't think that's been made official yet. Uh, and I had forgotten Clayton Adams took a job with the Arizona State staff in 2021, was there for nine days before he left, and went back to his job with the Indianapolis Colts. He's only 40. Okay. Um, I, I think, you know, going back to the Jake Trotter soundbite, there's a lot of wait and see when, when you embark on. An experiment like this. Mm-hmm. One thing that has to make you feel good, though, is the presence of Jonathan Gannon at forty, getting his first opportunity as mm-hmm. a head coach. And 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 let's not understate this. Jonathan Gannon. It was made public, and he talked about it. He turned down more money to stay in Philadelphia. Okay, that was then was offered in Arizona, which which tells you a couple things. Which tells you number one that that. It, as much as I want to believe Sean Payton used the Cardinals, and I think he actually did, we don't know whether Michael Bidwell was willing to pay what Sean Payton wanted. No. Right? Because if you're paying your new head coach 
an amount that his previous team is willing to top to keep him as a defensive coordinator. Okay, then you're not in the uh, you're not in the high you're not in the high rent coach salary. No, you're not. Yeah, and so and it, again, it's not to say it can't work, and it's not to say all this youthful energy can't work. What is the value of experience? Well, you might say people who've been around they've they they contextualize things better because they've seen everything, and there's value to that. It's nothing that a young coaching staff can't work around. What it does though is if you don't have a plan and you don't have success, your team is going to look. Your coaching and staff, and go. Okay, who here has actually done anything? Who who here actually um, commands my respect and and commands me to follow them? That's where you need the experience. Yes. What, yeah. And, and maybe preferably some jewelry. Yeah. I wonder what because Jonathan Gannon has talked about that too. Like the, he does value experience, and he did say there would be members of the staff that had major big time experience. Will those be, you know, senior associate coaches, consultants, things like that? Because so far the hires that have been announced and have been announced but not finalized, mm-hmm. it is definitely youth and giving opportunity uh, for expanded roles for, for coaches who have never done it before. And it's a fine line. I get it. It's always mm-hmm. that argument. I always had that that frustration a lot of people have had when you're looking for a job. Well, you require, require three years of experience. Well, if I can't get this job, how am I going to get that experience? You know, it's got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. So yeah. Jonathan Gannon is that guy right now that's that's granting this experience. Yeah, and and again, it's it's let's let's hope. I really just really hope that this that Michael Bidwell got really lucky because again, the more I hear about this, the more I find it utterly weird that Howie Roseman, GM of the Eagles, went up to Jonathan <laughs> Gannon after losing the Super Bowl yeah. and said, "You are not flying home with us. You are interviewing for the car." Cardinals job. It wasn't even asked of him. Hey, out of curiosity, you want to stick around and interview? Uh, and maybe, maybe they assumed, okay, dude's getting the job, so you're staying here because this is yours. Just we the way, waited this long for a reason, right? Yeah. The way it was presented to him just astounds me. Imagine you just lose the Super Bowl after you, your defense gives up four scores in the second half. Mm-hmm. And the confetti's flying, and your general manager walks up and says, "You're not flying home with us." Imagine what, what is that going to be oh, followed right, up by? Right, you're staying here because your defense gave up four scores. That's almost as preposterous of getting fired from your alma mater and landing a head coaching job in the NFL. Oh wait, jeez, oh, that's almost. I mean, that, that sentence started out like the like somebody was getting lame kiffin'. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we continue Newsmakers Week on day two of the 2023 edition of it. We will be joined by Jim Pittman, the Phoenix Mercury General Manager. That is next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, News Makers Week, day two, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. We shift our focus to the WNBA, the Phoenix Mercury, their longtime GM, Jim Pittman, kind enough to join us in studio. Jim, welcome to the show. It's good to have you back on. Thank you, gentlemen. Always good to be live in studio. Oh, great to have you, Jim. Uh, obviously, uh, busy weekend for you. Uh, you you, you re signed a couple of, of free agents, and we'll, we'll start with the Brittany Griner story. It became official yesterday. One year deal for Brittany after her harrowing ordeal overseas that you know captured the imaginations and uh, obviously dominated news headlines I guess I'll start here was I mean 
in a situation like that, with all due respect, I think basketball becomes secondary. But I'm, I'm probably guessing you had some some doubts that Brittany Griner would never play basketball again. There's no question. We were, you know, it, just over a year, February 17th, 22. I remember it really well getting a call late that night that uh, she had been detained in Russia. And uh, it was a, a really long and grueling process for us. And at the end of the day, we're just happy that she's she's healthy and home. Uh, 42 weeks to the day, um, and her number being 42, yeah. it's kind of ironic uh, that she was released and then home and and then getting a chance to see her and, and see how well she's actually physically and, and mentally doing. Uh, but again, to your point, we're just happy that she's healthy and, and that she's she's home and, and able to be uh, free and, and living here in Phoenix. The fact that she's playing basketball is just a bonus for us. But it's something I think for her has been a real driver for her to continue to get better. And and it's been a, a real um, positive for her to be able to play the sport that she loves and we're just uh, thrilled that she's going to be back in Phoenix. I, I had mentioned earlier that this year you you guys might be the most publicized, compelling WNBA story in the history of the league uh, for a lot of reasons. But Brittany would be at the forefront of that. And, and you know as well as I do, unfortunately, that she became part of the political polarization in this country. And there were, she's been in the crosshairs of a lot of hate and a lot of love and a lot of support as well. How in the world are you guys going to manage this? Well, you're, Really good point, Vic. You know, we expect that every night will be a media circus for us, and every night will be a uh, whether we're at home or on the road, and particularly on the road as we go to different cities, uh, we're going to see a lot of people who want to want to see BG, want to celebrate her, uh, want to be a part of what uh, she's meant uh, to to uh, our country here, and I think that um, you know we have to be prepared to play um, in front of the those white hot spotlights. Every night, but I think we're built to, to do that. Uh, BG obviously is is prepared, but uh, Diana Taurasi is the greatest of all time. She she lives for these types of events. Sophie Cunningham is is built the same way. I really believe that our our roster is set up to to handle this uh, adversity that we may see over over the course of the season. Jim Pittman, Phoenix Mercury GM, our guest here on Newsmakers Week on, on Bickley and Murata Mornings, um, tied to the Brittany Griner story, and I know. This had been talked about and discussed before BG's ordeal, but the you know the, the the issue of travel in the WNBA now with with Brittany Griner coming back playing in the league, uh, a lot of people have wondered: Can WNBA teams still fly commercial? And there's been a push by some of the bigger names in the league to get chartered flights. Where are we on that? Uh, you know, league wide, is that a reality at this point for the WNBA? Yeah, you know, and how do you deal with it specifically with with, with the Brittany Griner situation? Right, that, it, it is a it's a league issue, and it's really something that the league is looking at and trying to figure out how uh, how best to to make our players uh, travel as comfortable as possible uh, across the league, not just for the Phoenix Mercury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we will do whatever we can to make sure that our players uh, are in a in a position where they are safe and secure when they travel. Uh, but right now, um, it's it's commercial flights. That's what's been agreed to, and so that's that's where we are. But again, the league and the commissioner in particular are looking at this pretty much every day, trying to figure out what, what the right answer is. You had mentioned about Diana being so uniquely suited to be the captain of this kind of thing, going through this maelstrom, because obviously she quite is. She's got all the international experience in the world, all the big stages, all of that. Um, 
speak to that, the fact that that she just continues on? This is like Tom Brady is what this is. I, I mean, the fact that she might play another Olympics six. It, it's, it's incredible, Bick. But, you know, you watch her work out and she's in as great a condition as she's been in her entire career. She continues to keep her body in, in great physical condition. Mentally, there is nobody tougher or stronger. Uh, and, you know, I won't put anything past her. Uh, you know, she was a top 10 scorer in our league last year. Um, she played all the games until she had a, a quad injury at the end of the season and missed the last five. But she played 31 consecutive games last year as a, a 40-year-old. And and there's no reason to think that she's slowing down. I, you know, I watch her, uh, watched her over the weekend working out, and she's as good as she's ever been. And uh, I fully expect that she'll continue. You know, she's only 306 or seven points away from 10,000 points in our league. Uh, she has a 30% lead over this number two <laughs> score in the league. To put that in perspective, LeBron James would have to get to almost 50,000 points to be in that same position. Wow. So you, th- you think about that. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable what she's done and she continues to do. Jim Pittman, the general manager of the Phoenix Mercury, our guest here as we continue Newsmakers Week 2023. Uh, two seasons ago, you guys made a run to the finals. Um, I think last year in constructing the team, there was a lot of excitement on what you were able to add to the roster and maybe that was the championship year and then you know things happened and, and nothing really went your way. Looking back on, on last year, what, what kind of adjectives would you use to describe what what your franchise went through? Yeah, last year was really disappointing. Uh, it uh, we thought we had a a, a quote super team that uh, could really compete for a title, but then uh, with the BG wrongful detainment, um, a, a slew of injuries that hit us hard, uh, we never had a chance to really show what we had. Our chemistry was never as good as it should have been. Uh, so so what we tried to do in this offseason is make sure that we have uh, a really solid uh, basketball, high high character, great chemistry type of group that we've put together. Uh, I'm a firm believer in chemistry that uh, if you have great chemistry, the sum of the parts can achieve more than the parts themselves. And I, I believe that that's what we put together in this offseason. I'm really looking forward to seeing what we have. And last year happened with a first year head coach on the bench and Vanessa yeah. Nygaard and talk about dealing with a lot of stuff. And, you know, Now that it's all in the rear view mirror, how would you say Vanessa kind of navigated through everything well, in her first year? The, the the fact that we were able to still be a playoff team and keep our streak, string alive, we've we've been in the playoffs for 10 consecutive years, the longest active streak in the WNBA, um, and that's our kind of our baseline for what we expect. But Vanessa did a great job navigating through, as you said, all kinds of adversity last year and, and through no fault of her own at times that, that just things happened uh, and we never had the team that we expected yet we still were able to to make the playoffs given the fact that we only had three of our original 11 players playing at the end of the season so it was it was yeah. a success i think at, at the end of the day this this might seem like a, a slippery question but it's not I, i'm really curious about this because had there not been an ownership transition there or a sale there were people wondering if the mercury would have decisions to make about where they play would they protest would they make a stand given some of the charges in that ESPN report. Um, Your thoughts on that and your thoughts about the new era under Matt Ishbia. A lot of people have talked about what he has done bringing in Kevin Durant, but he's also owner of the Mercury. 
And so how does that apply to what you are doing? Yeah, so I, I, I believe that with with Matt coming on board, it's uh, it's it's something that's really exciting for the Mercury organization. Uh, he has um, has very much been a proponent for uh, the Mercury as much as the Suns. Uh, he he views them as uh, as equal organizations for us, and you know we're really excited about what that means. Uh, he's a huge fan of Diana Taurasi, his favorite player, and you know we're we're really looking forward to to seeing where this goes with Matt. He's been like I said, it's been two weeks since his press conference, so it's still new to all of us. Uh, but you know, so far he's been uh, just terrific for the Mercury organization. All right. Lastly, from me is why don't you just take a minute or a few seconds here and flex on the organization because as far as pedigree and championships go, you guys are at the top of the heap when it comes to professional women's basketball. To me, one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in this town is when you and, and the team and Diana Trossi went into Detroit and won a championship on their court. You remember that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Tell us about the pedigree of your organization. Yeah, you know, we we are here to win championships. That's that's what we have uh, have done. We've won three. We've been to the finals five times. Making the playoffs is our absolute baseline. We expect to compete for titles year after year uh, from a business and from a basketball standpoint. Uh, we consider ourselves to be an elite organization in the WNBA, and we want to continue, and, and we strive to be that all the time. You know, our home opener is May 21st. It's the welcome home opener uh, presented by Fry's Food Stores. And you know we're expecting to have probably our biggest home opener crowd since the original home opener back in 1997. So wow. we're really, really excited about what this season may bring. And, uh, you know, with the signing of our of our two superstars uh, this week, uh, I think um, our future is bright. Yeah. And less than three months away, like you said, from, from opening day. Hard to believe. Jim, thanks so much for coming in and making time for us on Newsmakers. Thank week. You, we appreciate it. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Jim Pittman, general manager of the Phoenix Mercury, joining us. Newsmakers Week continues. We'll wrap up day two next with a phone conversation. Arizona men's basketball coach Tommy Lloyd joins us straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Now we conclude day two of Newsmakers Week 2023. Talking some Arizona Wildcats men's basketball. Their head coach, Tommy Lloyd, joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Coach, we know it's crunch time of the season for you, so we appreciate you making some time for us today. How are you? No, no, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, talking about another really good season for for you guys so far. Twenty four and four, heading into the last three games of the season. I mean, how how would you sum up uh, the way your season has gone so far, Coach? Day to day. Paycheck to paycheck, long neck to long neck. <laughs> long neck to long neck. I love it. So, uh, it, it you know, these seasons are, uh, you know, that they, they can be daunting. And, and so for me, I'm, I'm a day-to-day guy. And, and to be honest with you, sometimes I feel like the season's taken forever. And sometimes I feel like it's went by in a blink of an eye. And, and you just try to kind of what focuses on, focus on what's coming next. And, you know, obviously we're trying to build for a stretch run here. But, uh, you know, obviously we got a, a feisty Arizona State team coming up Saturday, you know, that we're looking forward to playing against. 
You uh, you have done tremendous things culturally. You are such a great fit for this program. I know I'm about the millionth person to tell you that, but I want to. I'm saying that to preface this question. It's amazing to me that uh, of in retrospect, the people who lived through Lute Olson and what he did to the city of Tucson and the loyalty he showed and what he built and the lasting power of it all. When you go and you trace it back, the fact that Gonzaga may not have happened without Lute Olson and you and the way you look at basketball may have not been the same. It, talk about that, the cycle of you coming back and sort of being the same as it ever was under Loot. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's the same as it ever was. You know, and obviously Loot did, did amazing things here. And, you know, he was just an icon in the community and uh, and, and really, really united, uh, you know, the, the Southern Arizona fan base. And then and, and, and Sean continued it as well. You know, I mean, it may, may not have had the ending everyone, you know, w- would have foreseen. But, you know, he, he kept things rolling here as well. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I was kind of tucked away in the Northwest and in a program where, you know, we're we're looking at all these other, you know, these bigger schools and figuring out a way to compete with them, and uh, and you know, and some somehow we found a way, and you know, and, and part of it, you know, Coach Few's genius was, you know, you know, modeling it after a place like in Arizona or after a Duke, and just the, the consistency and the continuity, you know, that 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 he approached a job with, you know, set a great example for me, and you know, obviously gave me a you know kind of a, a good foundation to build off of. Talking with Arizona men's basketball coach Tommy Lloyd here on Newsmakers Week on. Arizona sports, uh, and I remember right after you got the job talk, talking to you on this show, Coach, about you know your philosophy in recruiting and what you've been able to do internationally, and, uh, and just looking at your roster this year again, it's like the United Nations, Lithuania, Mali, <laughs> Estonia, Sweden, France, Serbia. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is a good question or a dumb question. I'll let you decide, but you know where we are in college basketball in 2023, it's a global game, obviously, and you've taken advantage of that, but how much more difficult is it to find and cultivate talent uh, globally or is it just something that's you know part of your dna now well, it's definitely part of the DNA, um, you know, and, and I don't think it's you know any any more difficult than, than finding a you know a, the right fit for your program, you know, in, in LA or in Phoenix or you know anyways. I think what you're doing is you're, you're always looking for the people that you know will come in and you know contribute to your culture and you know be great people on and off the court, and you know and, and if you look at this game, you know um, it, it it is an international game now. You look at these NBA rosters and you know I mean I think like over a third of the players, you know, or even more are international now. So, you know, to, to have your head in the sand and, and think that that's not part of it, you know, you know, might be limiting yourself a little bit. So, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, when we set out and recruit and say, hey, we want to go get international guys, we're always looking for the the best fit for the program. And, you know, and that could mean different things. I mean, m- maybe, you know, bringing in a, you know, there's an American kid who you might be able to get, but he's really good, but he might disrupt your roster because he kind of, you know, you have too many guys at one spot. So maybe you go get an international guy who's a little bit younger and will come and develop underneath the guys that are going to play that year. I mean, I, I think you're always having to be creative and kind of how you, how you manage your roster and put it together and make sure that you know people feel you know valued and, and feel like they you know are, are you know you know counted on to contribute and and other guys maybe know they're not going to play as much and, and their time's going to come in the future two of those international guys and two of your big guys uh, who have been key to your success this year is Julius Tabellis and Omar Balo can you just uh, you know expand on on their expansion as players and, and kind of pillars and cornerstones of what you're doing program wide well, you know, I mean, I, I love bigs, and and I, and I love developing bigs. You know, I always tell people, you know, it's, you know, I kind of the analogy would be like, it's like, you know, you don't do this much in Arizona, but but mowing your yard, 
and you know where, where every lap you take around your yard you see a little bit of progress and you know b- b- bigs are the same thing I mean every day you work with bigs you can see and feel them getting better and uh, so, so I really love that process of th- this the development of the big guy um, and you know and we play a system that tries to take advantage of that and you know those two guys in particular have you know continued to, to improve you know Umar is you know believe it or not he's in his fourth year of college basketball now and you know he came to, to with me at Gonzaga and he was 17 years old and wasn't able to play because of some you know eligibility issues that kind of go back to his days in Africa but but um, but you know he came and he didn't really wasn't able to play his first year second year wasn't good enough quite ready to play then he transfers down here with us you know he starts on the bench and then now you know he's developing into an all-conference type player and that and that's really fun to, uh, to see him do and, and to be a part of and then you know Tubelis has played he's in his third year now but but every year he's gotten better and um, you know and it's just so much fun to watch him kind of you know you know he, he maybe had a couple down games recently but for the most part he's been so consistent and played so high level this year I kind of always joke with him after the game I'm like okay Zoo, well looks like another crappy 24 and 13 because <laughs> I don't realize during the game maybe the numbers he's putting up until I look at the stat sheet after and, uh, and I'm, sometimes it surprises me how productive he is and uh, he just developed into a in, into a force in college basketball and he's you know tremendous at running the floor he's got amazing hands I mean he literally he's he's our version of the Gronk um, you know I mean some of these over the top passes he's able to catch and you know kind of play in transition for a big guy is really unique as long as he doesn't spike the basketball the way Gronk does a football you're okay <laughs> All right. well, he, did, he did he did a couple games ago he did kick it into the 10th yeah. row <laughs> and you right. know obviously got a technical foul for that and, and I wasn't too happy about that All right. but, uh, that's yeah. funny so All right. I guess my, it happens my last question along with with all the other stuff you inherit a lot of expectations you've been the program's been really really close to that elusive next final four appearance if you could be gifted one thing from here to the end of the season or or better put what's what what needs to happen for this team to punch that ticket because it does look like you have the pieces what do you think coach well you know i mean you know i i would just say across the board in college basketball i mean what i'm seeing right now there's, there's a lot of parity at the top and um you know i i think a lot of teams have the pieces but i don't think too many people have many extra pieces so i think everybody's margin for error is pretty thin um you know for us i mean obviously health health is always significant and we are healthy now but you know you just want you want continued health it, it would, would be important and then just you know what guys playing with great effort you know in the moment and playing for each other i mean to, to me you know if, if we can keep it that simple you know we'll give ourselves a chance and uh you know like but again going back to how we started this thing you know i'm, I'm a day-to-day guy so you know i'm not looking too far ahead and i'm just kind of sitting at my desk right now planning practice and uh and looking forward to having a good one today and you know hopefully that'll continue to build and for for a good game on saturday yeah uh we'll root for a good game on saturday yeah. but as a sun devil I'll, I'll wish you better luck next weekend in la <laughs> coach is that fair I, I wish I would have known that. Maybe this interview would have been a different direction. Kirk, Chris, Chris is going to get a, uh, cheered a lot more this weekend than the first time Versailles. Yes, happened. he will. That is, that long is definitely yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I think yeah. we can bet on that. For sure. All right. Long neck to long neck. All the best to you, Tommy. Thank you so All right. much. Thanks, guys. See you. Thank you. Tommy Lloyd, the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats, joining us to uh, wrap up day two of uh, Newsmakers Week. Yeah. Jarrett brings up a great point. Kirk Creesa, wherever he goes, uh-huh. is the guy. And to his credit, man, he welcomes it. Oh, he leans into he it. Wears it. Oh, he leans into uh, it. He, he kind of lives it. But he's yeah. a Duke player that never was. That's for <laughs> sure. Great way of putting it. Great way of putting it. <laughs> 
Yeah, but 24 and 4 uh, in year two under Tommy Lloyd. They're uh, they're equipped. What but a great I wish we had more time. I wanted to get his thoughts. And we talked to Bobby Hurley yesterday about the overall lack of strength in the Pac-12. It's not going into effect Arizona, obviously. They've got their ticket to the tournament punch. But uh, certainly not, not very strong mm. uh, this year. But thanks to Tommy Lloyd for joining us. Thanks to Jim Pittman, Al McCoy, Javier Gutierrez, Kenny Dillingham, Pat Williams on a busy Newsmakers Week 2. you missed anything, you want to get uh, caught up on everything, you can certainly do that after the show at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app. We are out of here. We'll catch you tomorrow morning at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.